Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. Damn, okay. man. So go ahead, and, Bob. Well, I'm telling some... you right now, I this is this is the where the tire hits the road about philosophy of life, Chuck. You you know what's just happened. There is a fire in the hills where I live. Houses are burning. We're watching it on the news. You and Chuck, you and yeah, I were yep. trying to figure out if it's my house that's burning. Yeah, because the picture is nighttime. The picture so is nighttime and it's really so tell. dark. It's very it, close. And I just figured, you know what? And something happened. I was just like, I was telling Chrissy, all head home. She's at a parent teacher conference at Elvis' school. She's headed home. Sid is at the grandparents' house. So nobody's home. Our dog is Which home. Which is the. Our oh, dog dang. is home. But. Um, Peppa? Pop up the pig dog. Um, oh no! But I realized there's nothing I can do about it. I'm, uh, you know, it's either burned down or it hasn't burned down. Might as well do a podcast. You can, oh. you can get angry. <laughs> you can be dicks to us. You can. <laughs> no. There's a lot of things people do. No, it's just like it's another reminder. Like you know, you know, things happen. I'm no. trying to teach my children that things happen. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. <laughs> Right? Right. What I don't what I don't like is somebody was out there the other day and said, You ever worry about fire out here? And I was like, Fuck no. Look at we live, oh, we live, at, we live at the bottom of the canyon. You guys know where it is. It's like I, you don't think fire is gonna go down in there. Fire goes uphill, right, Chuck? Before it before it goes downhill <laughs> and then it goes uphill again. That's that's a bummer about fire, is it's it's got no conscience and it doesn't but it doesn't do it to be mean. It's just doing its job. So I, I did ask Amy to put it on the big yeah, TV put it to on see the if big she TV, could tell. See if you could tell us our house yeah. burning. So there's two houses so far burning, and they're burning to the ground. It's not like it, it, well, the thing is, it can only be there's only like there's only like eight, eight, eight houses on, on, on our road. street, right? Right. Uh. So, anyways, I'll know later on tonight, ladies and gentlemen. But the fact is, I do, I did want to do a podcast because I have. I do live like this. Like as long as the kids are all right, and Chrissy will go get the dog. And you know she's in a she's in a running kennel over behind the house by the guest house, so she'll be all right, hopefully, right? Yeah. But I mean that's that's life. I mean that's what I'm. I keep talking about millennials. They have no resiliency. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you do when the shit hits the fan? And right now I'm watching Bob just walk <laughs> through it. <laughs> really, to, to, for logic to come in and for not there to be an emotional response, especially when your friends that live in the area are texting you and going, hey. Yeah, Dimitri from Off texted me. Are you okay? And then uh, Bob Conley, this guy I work with, um, texted me. How they, far is Dimitri from me? He's like four or five miles from me. Oh, okay. He lives over in the Snoop Dogg area. Oh, he lives up the drive? Yeah, he lives way up. Up the hill? Huh. Yeah. The, you know, there. Snoop Dogg lived in Claremont for years. Did you know that? Did not know that. And um, and I guess he did. The whole place <laughs> smell like weed. Well, I heard I heard why he moved there. So he moved there when you know twenty years ago. So he could grow. When he had it, no, <laughs> when he had a hit out on him. Uh. And so I figure there's like literally, you know, no black people in Claremont. <laughs> so he probably went there huh. thinking. You know, anybody that comes up here is going to get stopped by the cops. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> he was using the Mor- oh, he, he was using the Morrissey 
Morrissey <laughs> mentality. The opposite of the Morrissey mentality. Like, like, I'll just go with these white people. There, nobody will know I'm here. No, <laughs> no the idea that if somebody came to him. go kill him would be stopped by police because they're like, hey, can we right. help you? Oh, Are, you right. Are you lost? Are you lost, gentlemen? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be a bunch of white people going, oh, well, excuse rumor me, sir. Has it, rumor has it he lived on the end of this cul-de-sac right by Chrissy's parents, and he owned both houses on the end of the of the street. And so you never knew which one he was in. guards in those in the so if they were going to come down to kill him and it's all suge knight i, I think right suge knight was trying to kill him yeah. or who who was trying to kill him i don't know i haven't watched enough of the, the <laughs> enough of the rap documentary i know yeah. well, i don't know a lot about it but i do know that biggie got killed and tupac got killed so it wasn't just for pr like well it is tupac nowadays. was a west coast guy biggie was an east coast guy i think uh, yeah Right. And, the, and the idea was Snoop was going to be next. So he moved to Claremont and he had this whole, I think, game plan. <laughs> he it's had a good layers, one. He had layers of protection. Layers of protection <laughs> and in a place where a black man would stand out like a third <laughs> thumb on a hand. <laughs> it's true. So anyways, well, maybe my house burned down. Um, and it reminds me of the Jimi Hendrix song. Someone's house is burning down, 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 down. Oh, it's no. either Don't my neighbor. That, What's man. sad is it's either. Don't say that. Yeah, the people who live on my block are like. Strange ones. An us, then yeah. a geologist <laughs> that teaches at Cal State LA, I believe, or Pitzer. And then my landlord, the great Al Wachtel, who is the leading authority on James Joyce in the world. He's written mm. four books about James Joyce. He teaches nice. literature at the Pitzer uh, Pomona Colleges. And then there's this great guy that teaches at Cal State who's an authority on education, and then this new, like, rambunctious 20-somethings that moved into this other house. Oh. Now some kids, here's the thing. During the weekdays, there's no cars there. At, at a weekday night, there's three cars there. On weekends, there's nine cars there. That's nine some people. Cars? That's some people living the dream. All right. Partying on the weekends. Now, how many people per car is the question? Probably one <laughs> since it's Southern California. <laughs> but it's so funny because I know they're just partying their asses off. And Maybe sometimes they all got hits on them. Sometimes I'll come home real mm -hmm. late at night, Chuck, like at 1030. And what they'll be out, out in front. Eight? They'll Nothing. be out in front with gal pals. And I'm like, holy moly, what's going on over there? I hope they're married. <laughs> I hope they're married. <laughs> Do you yell at them, Bob, as you go by? <laughs> so, so getting back into hypocrisy. Hey, you no-gooders. We get talk, of that avocado tree. You gosh darn it. I'm going to get my man Chuck to marry you if you're going to have oh, you're gonna have intimacies. Uh, mother, <laughs> where's Mike Pence's mother? Mother, oh, where God. are you? <laughs> so, oh, so, so the, but anyways, we're talking about hypocrisy. This is who I am. This is a good example. Like, what are you going to do? You got to laugh. Like, whatever. We'll figure it out. Everybody's safe. Whatever. Figure it out. It's not an act. But I'm also not this this Pollyanna-ish 12-step fucking works for everybody idiot. Right? And I think that's what people like about me, but also people don't like about me. Take your pick. That's also that's also so true. It doesn't matter what you do or how you do it. The whole room's never going to love you. 
There's going to be people that don't don't agree. There's going to be people that are jealous of the fact that you're doing something. But, but and they're people not, and didn't people agree, just, but I was around, and you were around, and Mike was around. People disagreed, but they didn't go out of their way to like go on and on about how much they disagree with you. Like People have been going on and on with me for years about it. Dude, it's so <laughs> evident, too, when you watch like an old program. Like, like I watched uh, Richard Pryor at the Terrace Theater where I work, and he was so amazingly funny, and he was not afraid to just talk about people and talk about things and talk about the differences between people and imitate white people by going, oh, man, I think somebody stole our seats. Hey, you know, in our seats? I remember <laughs> that. Yeah. It was so funny. I mean, but, you know, why can't he, people just it, be funny and, and have fun with it? Could a comedian do that it's these a, days? I know, the it sucks, How man. about this? We watched Aerosmith live at Donington Castle last night, and I was singing Chrissy the lyrics, not big Aerosmith aficionado, especially the early albums. Right, she knows right, loving right. an elevator and Jeannie's oh, uh, got a gun. Jeannie's got a gun, whatever. <laughs> but um, so he, they did um, uh, "Last Child," and I was singing the lyrics. She's like, "Oh my god, you can't even <laughs> say that anymore." So I want to read you some lyrics to songs that were number one in America. Oh, perfect! Right, yeah, exactly. So last uh, last child wasn't okay. Walk this way. Walk This Way was the number one song in America two different times, right? Right, with DMC. With DMC. These are the lyrics. You could not say these lyrics right now. Backstroke, backstroke lover always hiding neath the covers till I talk to my daddy. He say, he said, you ain't seen nothing till you're down on a muffin and you show to be changing your ways. I met a cheerleader was a real young bleeder. <laughs> <laughs> oh no you just can't say that nowadays you in a can song. never write a well, song like well, that you know ever what? again there is a philosophy well it's already been said you know so uh, why would you say it again <laughs> she was a cheerleader she was a real a real young bleeder i, I don't even understand all the she? times i can reminisce <laughs> All the best things in loving with her sister and her cousin all started with a little kiss like this. The guy was having a three-way with a sister and a cousin and who were uh, recently having their period. Obviously a youngster. How the fuck could I, that ever happen? I don't think... I know my mom didn't understand that because she bought me that record. If, if my mom, had, she was so angry at John Rotten for singing I Am an Antichrist that I almost, I almost didn't get to keep the Sex Pistols in the house. How about your seesaw swinging with the boys in the school and your feet flying up in the air? How, why would a gal's feet fly up in the air, Chuck? Uh, I, I had something about hey diddle diddle. I mean, <laughs> how could you? This is crazy. Like the, yeah, what, the, hey, culture, wh what wh the culture has become and what it was, what was in the 70s. This is in the 70s, not the, not the 90s. But it wasn't just straight up name call me, calling either, though. He's telling a story. <laughs> 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 so it's better <laughs> <laughs> kind of like frankie valley's walk like a man you know? so anyways i just you know we're living in some strange times but i just i think there's a way to not be so mean that i'd really truly believe that and we can hold each other to not be so mean even if it's somebody we don't like because here's the hypocrisy of it if all the parents are running around screaming and being mean to each other how are you going to tell your children not to be mean? Uh, you, you can't, because you can tell them whatever you want, but they're watching. They're watching. They're hearing when you talk to them when you're talking bad about them, but they don't hear. They, they, they just watch what you do. I mean, how many parents 
I, I grew up around so many people that said, you know what? Don't drink or don't smoke. Don't smoke. Never and smoke cigarettes. Smoking? It's a nasty habit. And yeah, they while smoking. they're smoking, and I'm going, oh man, the second they move, I'm grabbing one of those and an Ohio blue tip, and I'm going to go smoke this over in the ditch. And that's what I did. So I just, you know, I try, I, I look at the people that I really have in my life. They're very tender, uh, kind people, a lot of them, right? They don't do social media. They, they've never even had an account. So there's something to be said by us all participating in this. I know that I didn't want to participate, and I was just told I had to. Like, if you're going to have a business, you have to, right? That's why I came up with the thing about using my Instagram thing as an example of how to, how to be a normal person with kids and, like, you know, whatever, live a normal life, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like I don't send pictures of people walking on the ocean, to, you know, like all the recovery websites. Holding the sun. Holding the sun, yeah. Jesus, you know, there was two sets of footprints, and then, then there was only one, and then uh, like Jesus abandoned me. No, that's when I was carrying you, my son. You know, have you ever seen that one? Oh, of course. For about <laughs> thirty years, that? people used to have that in their houses. <laughs> really? Yeah, it used to be uh, it used to be in frames on houses. Now they just put it on their Instagram. He just carries me. That, yeah. I didn't abandon you. I was carrying you. That, my son, is what I carried you. <laughs> I, I don't think he sounded like that. Oh, that sounded creepy. Does that? I'm creepy, Mike, Jesus. what did that sound like? What, what, it sounded what, really weird. What, what national was that? That was Viking. No. Was that a Viking? No, that, that's my son, was what I carried you. <laughs> that was a Barry White. That's what Jesus sounded like. <laughs> Jesus sounded like a Viking. So, 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 but I was really thinking, what good is it? What, what has it brought to my life? Nothing, really. I bought some cool shit, some cool <laughs> shirts. No, no, but the whole technology thing, like eBay is the only thing I really, really like. I do like it. I, I, I like eBay. I like, there's a couple shopping things, like one I just signed up for the other day. Because Etsy's too expensive. All this shit's not, too not expensive. Not Etsy, it's some weird thing. It's called like, uh, what the heck? It's, but I think all sober people, because that's our community here that we're talking amongst ourselves, we need to question how much technology is in our lives. Right now, we're going through it with Elvis, where, where you know, he's consumed by this, these video games, and that's all he wants to do. And, and, and so we're trying to, you know, peel back on it and hold back on that, but it's the one thing that he enjoys, so then any time he, he looks forward to it so much, it's just gross and then i thought well we're all on our phones all the time like you can't really tell a kid he can't well, play video games when we're on our phones all the time so we've been putting our phones down good right i put here's the thing a tip for you at home i used to charge my phone in the kitchen on the on that the, the, the kitchen area table that's in the middle of the kitchen there so that you know, because that's where you go the most. I go to get seltzer water i go to whatever i go to put my cups in there you're in that kitchen a lot and my charger was there. So anytime I was charging my phone, I could always like every 15, 17 minutes, I could go look at it and see what my bids were on eBay or <laughs> if anybody liked something that I wrote. And uh, so I took the charger and I put it way over in the front of the house, in the, in the living room, in the front part where I never go. And you forget where your phone is when you do that. It's a matter of out tricking your habituation, Right. So there's, there's been the last week and a half, there's been like four or five hours where I didn't even look at my phone. It's crazy. Think about that. 
When's the last time you haven't looked at your phone in four or five hours? I've not looked a at lot. I don't. I, I don't, don't look I, at mine sometimes for an entire day, and I and I'll get. I, it and, I can't. I can't. I, I'm always looking. Well, at then, emails Mike. Wait, stuff. wait, wait. I'm going to catch Mike in 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 an obfuscation. obfuscation. Mike, how are you on Facebook every second of every day? If you're on your computer, isn't it the same thing as being I'm on your phone? I'm not on Facebook every single you, day. You, I can look at the comments that you make. No, you can look at them right now and see the dates and stuff on them. You just go right ahead. I'm I'm not on it for days at a time, okay? You used to be. I used to be, but I'm I'm bored of it. You know okay, I mean? bored of it. So <clears throat> good. So I really think that we're you're, you're, all addicted to technology. All of us. My son yeah. Elvis. I am. My wife is. My ex-wife is. You are. Mike is trying to step away. Our children is. I, I'm telling you, I went to Chili Peppers the other night that Mike's kids were kid, kid we was all at. Went. We it all went. Fun. Wait, there you were, said we all, like, like were, I went. Well, oh, yeah, you didn't go. Sorry, Jack. Mike and his daughter and her friend and me and Chrissy went. You didn't go. No, just people you liked. No, I. he knows the, promo, <laughs> I know, the I know. producer of the show. Grief. How <laughs> crazy is that? My friend asked me for tickets. His best friend is the producer of the whole concert. When I got there and I had shitty passes from Chili Peppers, I just said, fuck it, I'm going to go eat. I'm not going to go, you know, just I'm too old for that. I, what, if I have a, what if I have to poop? Am I gonna poop? <laughs> <laughs> Am I gonna poop in a porta potty? In a porta potty, so forty thousand people around mm -hmm. waiting in line. <laughs> I can't. I can't handle that. So, so then I realized. Oh, don't don't say his name. Don't say his name. Taking that out. <laughs> don't tell him to not say it. He's gonna say so, it again. I got a feeling. So 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 Bob called my guy. Why can we, we say? About, uh, wait a we, minute, Mike. Why can we say my friends, Josh Klinghoffer? How come we can't say your friends? Yeah, just because. <laughs> <laughs> I have more, uh, you know. Mike, you're not my parent. You're my podcast partner. You can't just treat me like, because I said so. I, him too, and I, I think his name would be preferred to stay out of it, and you know him. So I, I was so, told by his wife that this is his favorite podcast in the world. If your favorite podcast in the world, you wouldn't want your name mentioned on it? I don't know that he would. Why would it be his favorite, then? He knows we talk about everything. Anyways, yeah, he does with it. so so you guys can. I want you to part, let, wait. The, wait. The funny part about the story is Bob is that, that you're so scared to say his name on the air is the funniest part of the story. Oh, you <laughs> could be right. I, I don't. I don't I even know him, but I want to say the name. I want to be considerate so he doesn't get hit up. That's why. You know what I mean? I don't want to. Uh, the concert uh, happens once a year, Mike. Yes, but you know people and stuff. So I don't. Really, <laughs> you know what? On, He's really? protecting his dealer. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, this days. is a full on dude's sketch. I can't he take you there. Doesn't want to be cut off from the main stage next year. <laughs> I, I like it. I, I see it, Ben. I totally get it. So you we all, all got on stage. It was amazing. My daughter like stood next to Eddie Vedder, got high fives, and um, and uh, stood next to Laura Dern. Didn't even know who she was, <laughs> right? And uh, didn't I haven't know seen Trans. What's her show? The I Enlightenment. Enlightenment. I thought it was a. Dr I thought she. Oh did no, Jurassic that's a Parks. movies. But she has a TV show. Come on, Blue Velvet, man. That's all you have to say. Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. No, was great. but she has a TV show right now that your kids would know. Enlightenment. It's called or something. I thought. Right. She's big now. There's so many TV shows. God, how many yeah. TV shows are oh, there? Oh my God. Anyways, so we're at this concert. 
So, I, so I, I will say it without his name. So I get these passes. I realize I don't even get backstage. I'm not going to be able to poop if I have to poop. I'm always poop it's conscious. Vital. You got to be able to poop. At festivals, you have to be poop conscious. You know, most people just go before they get well, there. Especially <laughs> when you're our age, too, Bob. I, I do. I'll stop at a fast no, food you place before what? I get there and, God and damn drop it, one. You know what my problem is? <laughs> because I'm so old and I'm tired <laughs> like at 8 o'clock at night when we're leaving. So I always get Starbucks, venti iced coffee, sweetened ah, with half and half. So I'm always drinking a huge, large Starbucks on my way to Coachella or to this Ohana festival or whatever. And... It's not a given that I'm going to have to use the restroom, but it might be a possibility. And it's also your history of like dirty and your tidy wipes yeah. before <laughs> in the past. <laughs> <I've had> a, <laughs> when you were my, drinking, my, we're going to talk about poop again. You know, hey, no, but it, well, anyways, like, it's leftover so, from our drinking but, days. But there's, a, I'm not going to be completely focused on that. But that is a big part of it. Like I, I need some space. I, I can't, I can't. And it's not that I don't like talking to people. I just get a little like. I have to go to the bathroom, or uh, I can't stand waiting in line for food. Like, you know, at Coachella, you can wait. Yeah, like most 40 people love minutes. waiting in line for food. <laughs> they do because they're all taking pictures. I was oh. at Coachella this year. They just take pictures of themselves and take pictures of their food when they get it. <laughs> Like, no, I'm not a picture taker. Ooh, 45 minute line. Look at yeah. me. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, yeah, I understand nobody likes waiting in line, but some people do way better with it than I do, right? Okay. I would just rather not eat. So, anyways, so then I'm, I'm, I'm saying, fuck it, let's just go have lobster in Newport, and and or you know, we'll and we'll head home. And so then God, that sounded, around, I'm sorry, that sounded so bougie. God, no kidding, man. Well, that's, that's the just, only thing. That's, the only, oh, that's the only thing the beach area of Orange County is good for is lobster. It's good for food, for sure. Yeah, for sure, food. Mexican lobster. How fucking things Mexican change, lobster. Man. You know what? They, there's a place in Laguna that has like it's a Mexican restaurant, but it has lobster. Unbelievable. It's right on the cliffs there by the Laguna Museum. Las, Las Brisas. Yeah, it's so mm. good. And you get to look at the ocean, whatever. Anyways, that's the only thing I think about Orange County in a positive way. Disneyland, that. Food along the beaches. I'm sure there were people that will be hating you for liking Disneyland. <laughs> but you know, the, one of the weirdest fucking things now that I think about it, Bob, is back in the day when you were heavy set, you weren't, you, I never saw you eat very much. It was all booze. It was all the beer. Booze yeah. was just made, made you huge. You know, I used to, I used to, uh, I used to never minimize nor maximize my drinking, but it was a consistent. Mike can Mike can testify. It's oh, a consistent it twenty-four to thirty beers a day. Yeah. That'll put some weight on you. Oh yeah, right. I could not eat. So and gain I recorded like that. one time with this guy named. He's this great. He's a really sweet guy, producer guy. What was his name? Tony something. Anyways, his daughter said the next day my dad had me help him clean up the and we were going to recycle your cans and there was 34 or 36 beers that you drank in one day of recording <laughs> they counted them yeah she counted because she had to crush them and she was recycling them she was probably uh, happy you were around tony berg tony berg his name is mm. tony berg his name is and his daughter was like 12 at the time now she's a successful musician songwriter and she told me this that you drank 30 beers and you didn't even seem drunk at all. And I was like, no, I was not drunk. If I would have had a shot of something, I might have looked a little tipsy. But um, but so anyways, so I I do have like, a, I don't like not having access to being like free or whatever. But 
Then I also have arrogance. I've been around a long time. I'm not going to stand in line with fucking 300 people getting searched going in the front door. So then I'm thinking, we'll just go eat and then we'll go home. Then I, as I turn, I'm like, oh my God, so-and-so owns this <laughs> festival. And in that moment, Chuck, let me enact this for you. Okay. Mike had been talking to me for months because he wanted his daughter so much wanted to go to the festival. I was like, sure, sure, sure. We'll figure it out. The chili peppers will figure it out. Yeah. And then... Um, like the very it, almost the very last text. The last text, <laughs> like, he goes, "Should I ask so and so?" And I went, "Oh my God, you're the guy that helped him get sober. Yeah, he yeah. owns the festival. Why are you not calling him? Why are you calling me to I get through the please <laughs> guest list?" I just thought it was easier for you. you so know? then, in that moment, when I realized whose festival it was, that I had his cell phone number in my phone. <laughs> and that Mike had not gotten guestless tickets from him, not bugged him, so probably none of our friends had. I texted him. Hold on. Chrissy's calling to say if our house burned down. Okay. Pausing. Hello? What's going on? Chuck? I'm on the air. Yeah. Did you hear Did the you one about the guy that uh, went into no. the psychiatrist's office with his uh, cellophane uh, wrapped you, around himself? Did you himself? Talk Al? Yes, I did. You did? Yeah. And the doctor said, I can clearly okay, see Okay, so call me when you yes. know. Okay, right. bye. Just yeah. checking. Yes. All right, no, no word yet on the house being burned down. So anyways, let's get back to it. So I text him. And this is what I let, let's just that read. That was a the golden text. podcast moment, I think. Right. That's let's just read. Uh, <laughs> Chrissy's ten minutes away from the house. Reports okay. say that. So what's a report? Oh, here's this. She says reports say that there were explosions in our neighborhood. I wonder. Did I leave the gas on? Oh propane, my god! Propane tanks. No, we don't have the propane. You guys is don't she have there? Or would they let she, her up? She's coming up to the to the street. It's blocked off. <laughs> All right, so let me let me let me reenact this. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the actual text from last Saturday or Sunday when it was, and I'm gonna text the man's name in here that we can't mention, though he's a avid listener of the podcast. I'll get one of those disco horns. Can we know? just call him like hey, Bart? A, Can we call him Bart or something? But yeah, so to be to be named. So this I hadn't texted him in maybe five years. This is what I texted him. Hey, hey, man, it's Bob gave me some bullshit passes (laughs) where where are you at can you get me backstage uh and then and i sent that and then i went oh my god and then i wrote hope you're well (laughs) and then then bob and then i'm texting bob hey what's with these fucking passes man oh no (laughs) so then you can't get in anywhere what the fuck am i doing right away this guy's such a greatest guy ever we've known him for 35 years he wrote where are you at and i said by vip drop off by the loadout and he said k um on my way um be there in a second and i wrote thanks a lot your name of guy um, your name of guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he got me right he got me right in i'm in the vip area but you can't really see anything because we're on this platform and you know and so i see our guy right and I, i'm like hey what's going on and he shuffles us over to, you know, stage right. Totally awesome, secure area with, um, you know, special with the people. people. Yeah. yeah. It, it was cool. a fun, it was fun. And it was my daughter's experience of a lifetime. She was I've got to tell you, I was so happy, you know, because Let she me was tell having you, a, so, an so this is different time. age brackets of children. So Elvis is red hot chili peppered out. So I go, I pick him up at school on Friday. I go, you know, it's a hectic weekend and then we're going to see... 
Josh play because that's who he identifies the chili. I said, "We're going to see Josh play on Sunday." Was it Sunday, Mike, or Saturday? It was Sunday. Sunday, and um, he goes, "Where at?" And I said, "It's at this festival by the beach. It's going to be fun. We'll go down there. We'll see Jenny Lewis. We'll have fun. We'll go around. We'll, you know, it'll be fun." And he goes, "Is it wrong for me not to go?" <laughs> and I yeah, was like, he's, "He's been enough." I, I was like, "Why wouldn't you want to go?" And he goes, um, "He goes, well, it's Jack's birthday. That's his best friend." I said, "Oh no, we're going to Jack's birthday, and then, and then we'll, um, and then we'll go down there." And he goes, um, "I said, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we take Jack with us for his birthday?" And he goes, "I wouldn't like to waste an overnight with Jack going to see the Chili Peppers." Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> well, he's young. <laughs> No, let me explain to what wasting an overnight is. Because they just sit in their rooms and play, you know, say cuss words and stay yeah, up it's late. Funnest and it, for two it's kids. the funnest thing to be in their room mm. alone with the door shut and watching Ren and, uh, uh, whatever dude. that thing is. We don't let them watch South Park anymore. Oh my God, South Park is so crazy wrong. <laughs> you know who told me South Park was okay for Elvis to watch? Dr. Drew. <laughs> and then. Chrissy was watching it with him one night, and it's like, holy fuck, they're talking about anal sex, and they're talking about everything. Mm -hmm. uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely an adult program. I, that that, that should be what more well-known for parents. If, the South Park yeah. is not okay if for eight-year-olds. If you don't have a solid moral compass, you wouldn't even get the humor of it. You would just, you know what I mean? It's funny because it's so wrong. Everything about it is so wrong. That's but the why, kids but get it. Then kid, other people argued with me that kids don't understand what they're talking about. Oh, a lot come of on. Said mine, I let them watch whatever they fucking want. What when your eight-year-old sees a thing that talks about anal sex, do you say to them if they ask questions? Well, here's the thing about eight-year-olds. They never ask any questions. No, yeah, they, but they <laughs> formulate. It just then, goes over then, their head. Then when they end up in treatment and they're all, <laughs> no, all fucked up. <laughs> you, we get to deal with those kids, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's not so, true because they're going to see it anyways. It's go it's all over the internet. They cannot but, but stop South it. But South Park is not even like so. We allow them to watch Rick and Morty. So this other wait, the Rick and Morty, and there's another kind of adult one. But I've watched like eight episodes. There's no anal sex talk, and like uh, I don't know, South Park is its own unique special. Yeah, crazy. but they they can come up with a show that. Something will happen on the news on Friday, and by the next Friday, they have a show about it, and it's it's well written, better written than most of the television that's going on. So you like South Park? So sometimes me that there's that, did you that let your the, older kids watch South Park when they were eight or nine years old? I didn't. I didn't do a, like Mike's talking about. I didn't do a lot of policing of what they did. No, and didn't do. I, I left because they're going to see it. They could, they've probably seen pornography now by the oh time they were like God, fucking ten why? years old. Come on, now. I am not kidding. It, you, it doesn't mean I need to put a stamp of approval on it. You know, I have or, a, or I have a twenty nine year old son and a twenty three year old son. So I, I've I've been through this. And I think I made a mistake by being a little too hands off by not giving them more of what I talking learned. about it. I'm telling you, man, it was not. Mike's, Mike's wow. really feeling that. that that's no, a I don't. I there. have three girls, and you know, and I tell them, you know what? If you want to watch it, go ahead. I don't care. I don't watch it. You know, you can if you want. I don't care. That's still giving them some guidance, saying I don't. It's, that's guidance, but I don't. You know, I it's don't. It's still giving them. guidance. I don't say you cannot watch uh, Thirty Rock because they talk no. about sex and Thirty Dude, Rock. Dude, my buddy Pete, One his mom told him he can rock. Well, my buddy, my buddy Pete, his mom told him that he couldn't watch uh, SpongeBob SquarePants because it'll make him stupid. 
And okay. he loves SpongeBob SquarePants as an adult and is obsessed about it because and, it was kept well, from the him. Obvious, there's an obvious question that has to be asked. <laughs> How bright is he? You've met Pete. Oh yeah, yeah. he's a lovely he, he's, guy. He's he's a bright guy. Yeah, he's, he's in Indiana now, making making his own way in this business that's falling going wow. to hell. So there's all two different types of parenting, but I just well, I, but I, I think I think what's going to happen. Sometimes I'll say, you know, you might be a little young for that because of the violence. Don't you think music's going to come back as an important art form? Huh? I hope I hope no, you, I, I hope music comes back as something more meaningful. than what it is right now. Because sitting down in my mom and dad's living room and putting on headphones and listening to albums for hours at a time was so cool. Was so, so magical. There was something magical about all that stuff that when I hear those songs now, I still feel there's a there's it's I think like there's comfort. There's a generation food. that that skipped. They, they've missed it because it's all sound bites and little things. I think there are some kids that get it because. I've met them. They're they're deep into it, and they're into the deep cuts from the albums of the greats, and they're not into just hits. And they're well, not the greats, but the stuff I've I've listened to. Who's to say what's great or not? Like Mike was talking about in the last one, where there's a was a the guy that did the spaghetti western music who's evolved into some. He's he's become Ennio Morricone. Okay, but I'll bet you there are people that go the spaghetti western stuff was his best shit. No, I, I no was way. gonna I was gonna say that. Uh, there's, there's I just all. I didn't want to rain on Mike's no parade. There's no always you some guys detractors. Have not, you guys have not listened there, to him lately. No, but there's always just. You do what not I'm know saying his is, work. what I'm saying is, my taste doesn't always line up with your taste. Doesn't always line up with someone else's. And there's always someone who doesn't like the new or doesn't like the old. Uh, but I, there but is there something is timeless thing, about good not, music. Not all things about music are subjective. There are objective things, and so there is meaningless. There is meaningless pop music. There always has been. Okay. Now there's so just how that, old were you when you heard Big Ten Inch? Like 13, 12 years old. Okay. Did somebody say you can't listen to that? It's a little wow. different. It's a little different than <laughs> anal no, it's sex. Big Ten Inch. She's talking about a Big Ten Inch. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, but we, all, about. we all talked about wieners. <laughs> She's talking it was about funny. his dick. But we didn't know. Look at, uh, but, Chuck, but let, let me just say this, but you're getting off the point. You're no, we're I'm switching back and forth. my old point. Not censorship, but. The pop music was always thought to be second rate, below high quality music. Whatever high quality you thought, whether it's Macaron or or Bach or Beethoven or Miles Davis or Led Zeppelin and Bob Dylan, it right. pop music was secondary. It is now primary. True. It is now True. Well, more important yep. and above high quality music of all kinds and that's what's happened and and it i watch now, it in my own kids they do you just, base that on like uh the industry like it is like is it 70 percent of the industry yeah the movies i would you, say i would say i think movies, that's always been bullshit. movies are shitty oh Mo boy. all movies are shitty yeah. oh. you know martin scorsese talked about it this week when his movie's coming out i mean i don't expect that he's made a masterpiece it's a little beyond his prime but he was talking about these are not movies these marvel comic things they're not movies movies are supposed to teach you absorb you understand your you have an experience these are candy things that are being given that are all blue screen and green screen and fake well it's just straight up entertainment it's not moving but it, is it entertainment to see imaginary people having imaginary problems solved by imaginary superheroes is it really entertainment i took my 13 year old <clears throat> to see shape of water and it's a woman making love to a sea monster 
She thought it was great. She was a little, she closed her eyes on a couple of parts. Oh my God. But I, you know, I would you take her. her to see Joker? Uh, if they wanted to see it, they learn self-censorship, right? Like my youngest, when she sees something that is, is uh, offensive or to her mentality age, she closes her eyes and puts her hands over her ears. They can do it themselves. Because they're little adults. To, they're little fucking human beings. They're adults. <laughs> <laughs> they're almost fucking adults. They're gr- you're teaching them how to be an adult and how to censor yourself. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know. Does, it, does that make sense? Oh, our house is not burned down. The fireman just told Chrissy oh, at the roadblock. Thank block. God. All yes. those albums and um, the Peppa dog? Yeah, Peppa's okay. Oh. I wonder who's... <laughs> I oh, my God. Out. See, that's the other thing, having empathy. I have a tremendous, like, somebody's house burned down right in one of my neighbor's houses burned down. Two, one completely and one partially. That's awful, man. That's so fucked up. She doesn't know, the the fireman just told her it's our neighbor toward the north, but I don't, I don't know which way north would, that's the pot guy and the therapist north is up your road yeah god and now and they won't now here's the other beautiful part they won't allow us to go home (laughs) (laughs) you guys know where are you gonna stay how do they make this like text dimitri back and tell him (laughs) we're coming over we're coming over snoop over there (laughs) we're not gonna be on the the couch we're gonna be on the day beds and we'll be right over um no we'll stay at my in-laws they're just a couple blocks away but but anyways, I'd whip out my big ten inch. So we're all trying to figure Record out what my the right. Favorite, I love the, I love seeing Mike's <laughs> vision of parenting because I do think there is millions of people parenting their kids that way, but none of them have the balls to say it. And Mike Mart has the balls to say it. Bravo. He has the balls Bravo. to say well, it. I'm not. And he, well, you know what? Why? Because he's he's living his belief. That's what's applaudable. Whether whether you agree with it 90%, 100%, or 10% doesn't matter because it's Mike's right to do whatever Mike wants to do, and I don't have the right to judge him for doing it. Right. You know what I mean? That's that's what's missing in our world is that, oh, now, now and I'm not saying I disagree or agree because I, I think he's right. I think kids need to make a lot of their own decisions, We, but we, do, we can't just throw them in the cornfield and let them raise themselves because there are things they can learn from us, and, but they learn from our example, which means that, you know, if, if, if he, Mike were at home watching hardcore porn in his living room, Every that would day. be wrong. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. By setting the I know, example. But, but so, I'm not setting it, it that kind of an example right, by no, letting I, them I, make their own decisions about what they I, feel. And I understand that. So you're my youngest. You're like, following your tell- moral compass, which I which I applaud. And that's fantastic. And if everybody would do that and stop judging people based on what like, you know, I how put, much how much do you think bad parenting plays into addiction? I'd say it's a, a big. Lot. It's a big. I, I, can, I would say the whole abandonment. I can tell you is, that is probably the biggest one. You know, I, if you're left alone as a young, it's called willful. Young person. Let's fill him in on what it's okay. called, Mike. It's called willful neglect. Yeah. Like my mother had to go to work because you know my real dad was off using drugs in the in the Virgin Islands, and my stepfather had died. So my mother had to go to work, and I was a young teenager, and I was left alone. Oh, I don't think from that's neglect. Eight o'clock 
till six o'clock at night. I never went to school. But I don't, I just think, took I don't think as a teenager, that's not illegal. There was nothing she you could know, do. If she you could, didn't go to school, these days she would go to jail for you not going to school. So things have changed. Yeah. But but how much do you really think? Because I, I look at it, I don't think it's so much, I don't think it's so much what's happened, but what is happening that causes these entrenched kind of uh, addicts that just can't seem to get out of treatment or make a decision on whether they want to live Well, or you die. know if we don't treat the family, it's, it's, it's going to go but again. But I got good treatment for the family. Detach with love. It's not your business whether your kid has a cell phone or not when they're 32 years old. It's not your business. Right. That's it's the not. thing that's missing. And so I have a feeling that whatever comes our way with our kids now, the little ones we have, that, that we'll figure it out. But, but the parents are, whatever neglect or whatever's happened that may have contributed to their children being adult addicts, they're making the mistakes right now. Not the mistakes of the past don't matter. Do you understand the yeah. enmeshment, the controlling, right. the all this kind of shit? And they just because of other people's opinions of them. I know a lot of parents who can't stand their children. Who neither can I, honestly. Right? They're <laughs> what not. Are you they're not. About? They're not really. people that you would want to like spend a lot of time with but the parents would never admit they don't want to be around their children because if they were to say you know what fuck you get out of my house you're not my problem like my dad would have told me Mm -hmm. you're a bad parent right and you will be crucified by your peers your friends oh i don't know about him he kicked his son out when he was only 26. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no, that's, we, we were talking about that the other day, how the idea that a 25-year-old is not an adult, not an adult. is commonplace thought Everywhere. for parents today. He's only not 25. In, you know where it's not commonplace? In Brazil, in Guinea, in Ethiopia, in Holland, in Belgium, in Everywhere. every <laughs> other country in the world except for the United States somehow... You're never an adult. Israel, you're going in the army at 18. You're an adult. You're going, you know, everybody does the army. I know. And so it's like, and it's not, we could could do that all day. How do we encourage parents to break this? Like, just step away. Well, you you know that any first-time parent, when I get clients where their parents go, "Uh, no, I haven't called them because they're sick of me doing this shit. That's when I might have somebody that I can do a lot of good work with because, you know, the first few times you know, I went to here's treatment. Here's the warning sign I hear. You know, he was just the greatest athlete and his greatest kid and he was just the greatest thing. I'm like, oh my God, you have no idea of who your kid was, do you? No, they don't. They, they don't. have no but idea. But that can be anybody's story too. No, but that, that, that is Success never the case. Success or failure. There are no best kids. It's so arrogant for all the hundreds and thousands of mothers have told me their kid was the best until he met this girl who got him on drugs. It's bullshit. <laughs> there That's are a no very ki- common story. Everybody's human. Everybody has shortcomings. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has, you know, every young person has a bit of blind arrogance. These ideas that these children were just amazing and then they hurt their leg in football and then they became these drug addicts. It's just a narrative that the moms love. It's not true. Do you understand? 
Well, there I, had to have been some other things going on. He was either withdrawn, felt lonely, or empty, they were doing lost, football to try and get the approval of, of the parents that, didn't, that get, didn't really approve of them. This is There's a, so many components. So when you have a narrative, my kid was the greatest until he somehow got exposed to drugs, and now he's so he's so not himself. Well, no. they well they are not themselves because they're rotten, miserable, selfish drug addicts at that point. So there are way worse. And then it's the comparison between what they were when they weren't loaded and what they are now. Maybe when he was playing football, he wasn't stealing from but mom it, and telling her to go fuck no, herself. No, but most of but, the time, the kids are sober and they're just kind of assholes. Yeah. So how how do you explain that? If just two years ago he was the most amazing, brilliant child, and now he's been sober thirty three days. And he's like a selfish dick. Whoa, oh, oh, how did that happen? That's that's who he was. He's not idealized. <laughs> he's not idealized in mom's memory. And I'm not criticizing any particular. I was a selfish dick. There's no doubt about it. Like mm-hmm. part of part of growing up, I think, is this. I call it this blind narcissism that kids, young people have. Other people call it feeling bulletproof, feeling smarter than everybody. These are rites of passage of teenagers and young adults. To then label it something else and allow them to behave that way till they're 30 or 32 or 35 is a sin. Parents <laughs> need to stop doing right, no. <laughs> it. Clinicians need to stop doing it. And we all need to hold people accountable for adults. You can't, if you can't, you know, nobody, if you can't support yourself, you're a homeless bum. Well, and you know that that shit, all that stuff goes out the door. We've done this, we've been down this road before. As soon as they get to jail, they can follow rules. As soon as they get to jail, they understand that they need and to do so what they're supposed to do. And there's so many rules in jail. There's not there's only so the rules of jail, but there's the rules of the gangs of the right. jails. So there's all. There's rules upon rules. There's no more, Mike, you can testify, the most jailed guy of the three of us. Yes, There are more rules in jail than in the military, than in a corporation, than in a rehab center. There are more rules in jail, and they seem to do fine by obeying the rules. They learn them. <laughs> and they're happy to pass the lessons on to the next guy. Because but how how are the rules enforced, Chuck? The old fashioned way. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's good for you. Well they pile toilet I'm paper just, on you and they light you on fire. That's I'm a, just saying you know, I went to Catholic school. And I they seen had a big do that paddle in too. the in the principal in the mother superior's office. I saw him do that to a white guy. And you had you saw him light somebody on fire. Yeah, for uh, for bumming a cigarette off of a, a African American gentleman. <laughs> That'll teach him. They went to sleep and they they piled up a, a bunch of toilet paper on him and lit him on fire. Huh. There you go. That's uh, the old-fashioned way. Yeah, there yeah. you go. See, as That's soon as a we lesson st- you don't need to learn twice. <laughs> as soon as we stopped burning people <laughs> at the stake, <laughs> shit, stuff went to hell. No. Well, I, you know, let's you bring back the, the hard one. No, I tell, I tell this story all the time. When I was in that, that stay that really had the impact on me, I, I finally made it to the place that had a yard where that thing would open up and you could go out in the yard. And the white guys uh-huh. and the Mexicans play handball. And the black guys play basketball. I'm a basketball player. Played in high school. I love basketball. I went and played basketball. And they were all calling me Larry Bird. And I was playing. I was playing pretty good. I was, I was holding my own against the, the black guys in the, in the wayside medium security yard. And later that night, I was sitting in my top bunk. Lights go out. All of a sudden, I hear this, all this rustling, all this rustling. Literally, a sheet goes over me. 
right? And you start Holds me down, out, yeah. and they start hitting me with shoes that are inside their socks, right? <laughs> and soap bars inside their socks, just pounding me, like t- 12 guys just pounding me. Dude. And then they just whispered in my ear, don't ever play basketball with those N-words again. Yeah. Guess what? That's Never did. Never did, Chuck. You got Never the played basketball ever again. When that gate opened, I went yeah. and sat on the benches near the handball court and watched the white guys and the Mexican guys play handball. Yeah, and you and when they'd bet. say, you want to play? I'd say, no, I don't know how to play, but I love watching. <laughs> hey, is, uh, is Wayside still there? Because I, yeah, I don't know I that there. it is. Is I it there? there? You know, the other thing about Wayside, if you remember, you don't even have to go to court. They have this video thing that you go in, and they kept calling me back to it like once every five days asking if I wanted to plead to a lesser charge. And this guy told me, don't. They're going to keep giving you plea deals. Eventually, they'll OR you, and they'll try to figure out whether they're going to charge you with this grand theft auto, right? So first time I get in there, and they got public defender. It's on video, and it's a judge, and he's saying, Mr. Forrest, so blah, 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 da, da, da. We, the, the, the DA is willing to take it to the lesser charge of joyriding, blah, 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 blah. You would be time served, and you would get out of jail immediately. You'd be discharged, blah, blah, blah. And my defense attorney is, like, looking at the camera, talking to me, saying, this is a good deal. This is a good deal. You should take it. And I said, no, I'm not interested in that. I would like a jury child, please. And the screen just goes, because <laughs> they cool. want you to plead to anything they can convict you on well right? no when you when you plead that is it i mean so they don't have to they go get to a court. conviction they get a for conviction, la county and they say we're tough on crime right and so that exactly what the guy said they did that like three times they came out with joyriding lesser 2.0 or whatever like a notch <laughs> under joyriding and i said no no but, no and i and no. i I then I caught on to that when you say no, it just goes dark. They don't debate it with you or whatever. So the third time, I didn't say no. I said, I said, is there a way I could get time back? <laughs> just to be a smartass, because I was like a month sober. It was the only time you get to talk to anybody. So I thought. I'm not going to let them just make it go bloop, dark on me. So they said, da-da-da-da, you plead to this, and da-da-da, and it would still be, but it would be lesser charge. And I was like, is there any way I could get some of my time back? And, no. the, and there was just this silence. And then I said, I, I, I plead not guilty. I want a jury trial. And it just went bloop. But isn't that a good one? Can I get some time back? Since <laughs> well, you keep bargaining and you've taken a month and a half of my life, could I get some of that time right. back? Well, at this point... <laughs> They they would have taken the month for a higher charge. I think you had a point. I think we should go back and fight it. So anyways, these are the lives of drug addicts in America that laugh and are free. We are free of the bondage of self. We are free of addiction. I haven't used drugs in 23 and a half years. Mike hasn't used drugs in 28 years. Chuck hasn't used drugs in 20 years. 22. 22 years. Yeah. 26 for me. Bro. Right. 20, I, thought, I thought you were way more sober than me. No, no, it's 26 years. He's oh, just 26. barely more sober. No, but he's at Christmas, so he's a way ahead. So he'll ah. be, he's two months away from 27. Right. Ah. Okay. Right. So a solid so, 26. So anyways, the hope is that the millennial generation, there will start to be hundreds and then thousands and then tens of thousands and millions of people like us that overcame their addiction. Right now, we're in a battle about it. And I don't know if the solutions we have are appealing to the millennial generation. 
I don't know if the pharmaceutical industry and the medical profession are so powerfully entrenched in our psyches and our lives and the way that we think that we will always, this generation will always be on some sort of drug, right? There's a lot of things that are different now than we're then, but the good news yeah. is I know hundreds of kids that have gotten on the other side and are, are heading out our way, right? Yeah. Well, that's a beauty. And see, then it'll be theirs to carry it to theirs. You know, because the way you could talk to you could talk to ours, they can talk to theirs, and then we need to follow their lead. We can't be so stuck in our ways that we can't see in the way it's working. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting. That's going to be the interesting and, frontier for the twelve-step world. You don't, but you know, Bob Timmons used to say, "I don't know what I am. I just know I'm a human being, and I am terribly flawed." Yeah. Right. Okay. That's a really good way of looking at just the human condition in general. Like, if you don't like labels. Well, at least you can admit you're flawed. You're flawed. You're mm. a flawed human being. But I don't even know if some of the millennial philosophers would agree with that. No, because they're perfect just the way they are. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but but it's not even the millennials that we need to lean on. It's going to be the Gen Zers. They're my hope. But I, but I'm hoping like you know each each generation kind of rebels against the one ahead of it. I don't think Gen Xers really like, rebelled against. Uh, baby boomers oh they did and everything punk rock was a re rebellion against me and it. anthony fleer baby boomers mike's a baby boomer yeah but uh, there's older baby boomers that well, we're on the younger you're you're on the you're on the tail end we're on the very tail assholes we're on the cusp you guys are on the cusp of not being boomers oh i know what you're talking about so there was these guys in huntington when punk rock came along we all got into it right so so if you were born in 61 when i was um, you're a baby boomer. You're late. You're the last. You're two years inside the baby boomers. I think it goes to '63 or something, right? So no. we were the first punk rock generation. We were 15 in 1976, right? That's the who the Ramones wanted to be playing music to. 15 year olds. That's mm -hmm. what Sniff Some Glue is about. Right. Right. There were older baby boomers. Yeah, that were like 10 years old. Like that fucking stuff sucks for us. Yep. Now, fucking, you need to you need to get into some fucking real music. Like, um, what's a guitar player? I like him a lot. John McLaughlin. Uh, uh, what? Mah Pat Matheny. No, Mahif Mahishna Orchestra. John McLaughlin, the guitar player. Don't know. The, McLaughlin. The, he played with Santana. He's a, he's the uh, Return to Forever or whatever. The guitar player. They're like jazz rock. Like Pat, stuff. I thought it was mm. Pat Matheny. No, he was way later. John yeah. McLaughlin was the guy. And yes. Yes was very big with those older yeah, baby it, boomers. It, 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 yes, um, and uh, they liked geez. they liked uh, they liked thing they liked the mustaches and they liked the way that things were and they didn't like the change. You're talking about those baby boomers, right. well, like the most uh, radical thing they could ever uh, heard or like would be Edgar Winter. Do 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 right. do. Like when that came out, they're like, you know, that guy's okay. You want to hear the saddest thing? Oh, I know who you're talking the, about, Bob. The Bob Seger people. Yeah, the Bob Seger lovers. Uh, but the but ten here's, years after. Here's here's the thing. There's a documentary about Johnny Winter on Netflix. You got to watch it. He talks about heroin addiction. It's the craziest thing that he talks. He about. did heroin. He says the <laughs> same. He says the same exact thing. I say, like I say, it's beyond the world of worry. He says just like. It's just like paradise. It was like $20 and I was in paradise, right? So parents who are interested in addiction, like understand that's what you're dealing with. 
twenty dollars that makes you feel like paradise. Yeah. The right. world's problems go away. Beyond man. the world of worry. That's Dude. what you're up against. There, there, there's, a, there's a lady that works at, at my work who's a normie. And I don't like that word. But, yeah. she, but she's a regular person. Non-addict. She's a, she's a non-addict. And she said she, she had to go have a, some surgery done. I didn't ask what. But she goes, whatever that is they give you before you go into the yeah, surgery. what'd she call it? She goes, she goes, when I was leaving, I asked the doctor if I could get some of that to go. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I think I know why you guys do what you do. There you go. <laughs> so we need a round of propofol for everyone in America <laughs> so they can relate better to us addicts. Until the next time, we'll see you next time. Oh Don't my. die. Someone's house is burning down, 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 down. But it's oh not funny God. yet. But it's, it's not mine. It's not mine. Good night, everybody. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake. 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call. <laughs>